You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In case you missed it somehow, LSU plays Alabama on Saturday. It's going to be the most highly anticipated game between the two teams since 2012, when their 21 to nothing rematch in the national title game was so widely rejected by the non-SEC viewing public that it ended up being the death rattle of the BCS. On Tuesday night, only two of the Power Five conferences were representative in the playoff selection committee's first top four, and there's consensus that both Alabama and LSU would still have a reasonable chance of making the playoff, even if they lose on Saturday. So, would a college football playoff rematch between these two teams break the four-team playoff the same way the 2012 BCS title game rematch broke the BCS? Today on the College Football Daily, Trey Scott and I examine what those two scenarios have in common and what they don't. So, Trey, there was a time when SEC defense meant something. Like it, it, it does. I mean, the SEC is the Big Twelve East now, for all intents and purposes, uh, in terms of how they play. But like back in 2011, you had six SEC teams in the top 14 in yards per play allowed, and one of them was Vanderbilt. Like that, that was the environment. That was. That was how good SEC defenses were. Alabama's yards per play allowed that season has not been, no team has even come in within half a yard of matching that since until Ohio State this year. But then, but then I think, I think the turning point for the BCS, RIP, and kind of the SEC defense thing kind of changed. Uh, in November yeah. of 2011. Yeah, I mean, that was when, like, having a great defense was, a, I mean, it's still a massively important virtue, but it was people would tout the SEC as, like, I want to watch the SEC because they play defense. And what we got in Game of the Century, um, number one, LSU nine, number two, Alabama six, was just like, it was just too much almost. In a weird way, it wasn't, I mean, LSU won the game with its court, its two quarterback system. If you remember that one between uh, just uh, Justin Jefferson and Jared Lee, nine for seventeen with ninety four yards and two interceptions. So nine to six, just an absolute field goal fest. And we walked away thinking, like that was it. Yeah, like, it was that like, was the game of the century. It's like we we took SEC defense to its logical extremes, put it on each side of the field, and this is what we got. And and then we got it again. We got it again. It's, it wasn't really the game anyone asked for. Alabama beats LSU 21-0. to LSU famously crosses midfield once. And that was the year in which, like, there was already talk of sort of this angst about the BCS. Right. And I suppose the BCS had gotten it not quite wrong, but, like, had some – had had, like, in 2004 and 2000, uh, 2004 and 2003 – um, left some teams out, left uh, uh, USC out, or, or um, <clears throat> USC out and Auburn out, and the BCS this year in 2011 left out Oklahoma State, which went on the road to Iowa State and lost. And Oklahoma State, I mean, man, they were so like o- offensively potent. Brandon Whedon, um, just just really Justin Blackman at receiver, and Alabama edges Oklahoma State 
in the in the closest margin ever of a BCS two and three, and so we get Alabama LSU again, and we all knew it was going to suck again, right? Like we right? I I think I think maybe we were thinking there's no way it's going to be worse than nine to six uh, all field goals, and then it was like it wasn't even. It wasn't even a close game. Yeah. I mean, LSU was never a threat to score, and it was it was disappointing by even nine to six in overtime standards. It had the third lowest TV rating in what was in the fourteen year history of the BCS. Yeah, which is crazy that it wasn't even the lowest. Like, because like what it did was, you know, corridor off just just about every other part of the country, right? As far as and and we've talked about like, okay, when the Pac twelve's left out of the playoff what we have now as a playoff when the Pac-12 is left out of the playoff you lose your West Coast audience when the Big Ten's left out you lose your Big Ten audience you lose Chicago and Minnesota and all that stuff and this was just like like they played a game again that only a few people like one conference cared about and it was I would imagine and we referenced a Ross Ellinger article in Sports Illustrated um, from last summer this was like one of the tipping points here yeah, so I think in, in Dellinger's article, like goes into kind of like people talking about uh, it wasn't a hundred percent the reason, but it was kind of. I think the analogy Jim Delaney used was uh, the Berlin Wall coming down. Like this, this was not the event that precipitated it because, like, I the death of BCS. Yeah. yeah. It, ironically, I think probably what starts us off down the path toward the playoff is in 2004 when the SEC actually gets left out of the BCS title game and Mike Slive, commissioner at the time, starts working behind the scenes to kind of get the playoff moving. And then we get close to it in 2008, but it doesn't quite happen. And then I think in, in 2011, this was just kind of like, all right, enough is enough. Six months later, the BCS commissioners announce that there's a consensus now for a four-team seeded playoff, and here we are. So the the question is, are we at another moment where an LSU-Alabama game is going to send us into altering the shape of the college football postseason? And the reason I think... It's worth asking that question is because there's a very good chance that the loser there's there's a 35% chance according to 538 that the loser of this game still makes the playoff which is like less than 50% but it's still a pretty good chance like it's a better chance than like I don't know Baylor has of getting in the playoff yeah and if what happens Saturday in Tuscaloosa goes according to Vegas and LSU loses. I think we can both sit here and agree that LSU of the two teams can most afford a loss because LSU's non-conference schedule is more difficult. LSU drew a tougher draw in the SEC East this year. And if you Connor, if you look at LSU as an 11 to 1 team and you know, there's a rabbit hole to go down. I don't know if we're going to go down it. But LSU as an 11 to 1 team has absolutely a case over any Pac-12 team. The Pac-12 doesn't have any undefeateds. And it will have a case over whatever happens out of the Big 12. And really, there is a corner of the world right now based on an ESPN, uh, Andrea Adelson, saying that she's not sure if Clemson at 13-0 is a lock either. Yeah. And you look at Clemson's resume, 
And if we're saying, well, Baylor might not make it in if they went out because it's Baylor, the resume with Clemson is similar as far as number like quality wins and and there therefore. So yeah, we have we have a case where we could have a few unhappy conference commissioners instead of just one. Yeah. Yeah. I, the ACC is in jeopardy, especially if Clemson loses. Oh, yeah. The Pac-12 is in jeopardy. The Big 12 is in jeopardy. And then when you start thinking about, like, the, the power brokers and, like, if you're, you're like, pretty close to have having a majority of conferences with some kind of grievance about how this playoff system works. The Big Ten's already had that grievance. Yeah. They've been left out two years in a row, uh, outgoing. I guess he's no longer the commissioner, Jim Delaney. Yeah. Has, has stumped for an expanded playoff, and that's the talking point for all the Big Ten coaches. And I wonder if we're even taking it for granted when we talk about turmoil in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the ACC of Clemson lost. Like, we're taking it for granted that nothing weird's going to happen in the Big Ten, and we should know better. Right. Because it's November 6th, and we've you know watched and covered college football long enough to know that you give – you know, two or three teams, five games to mess things up, and they will mess things up. So I think, I think the fact that the LSU Alabama games from 2011, the fact that they were so boring, is important because we've had two SEC teams get in the playoff before, and looking back, I don't think anyone is especially mad about it because the game was an all-time banger. <laughs> but only because, and I was thinking about this as we started, that game was bad at halftime. Like, True. I think that I think Tua's heroics saved that game from being, like, we could have had this talk two years ago. Right. As far as expand the playoff, we don't want to watch two teams from the same conference do this again. Right. Like, that was 13-0 to zero at halftime. Yeah. Like, we were close. Yeah. So, yeah, it's you know, no other conference has ever had two teams in. And the SEC, like, we're talking LSU, Alabama, like the SEC could still get Georgia in. I think there's so many interesting parallels here. Because, like, you talked, you mentioned how boring 2011 was. Well, now there's been sort of this backlash to offensive innovation. Right. Like, the Big 12 is, like, mocked. Right. Like, that's an ins- like people will insult the Big 12 as, like, a Pop Warner of sorts. What we're going to see on Saturday is probably going to be Big 12 style of offense right. and a shootout. What's the appetite for that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's I I, I agree. I think we're like re, we're reaching a point where it's our senses have become a bit numbed to offensive football and just the fact that teams are scoring on almost like it's it's a notable exception when someone does not score a touchdown right on a drive it feels like when you're like when you're watching lsu texas or oklahoma versus anybody it's 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 a it's a game of can you get two or three stops and that's it yeah and so but i don't know that we're at a point or whether we'll ever reach a point where people like that less than nine to six in overtime. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I just, I think it's, you know, the pendulum swung, you know, so, so far in this direction of, you know, those teams having big 12 style offenses. I just like, do you think, do you think we had the expansion to four teams and, and I've seen people say, Oh, we should settle this on the field, not in a not in a boardroom. 
uh, with all of these like oligarchs of college football. But you have to draw the line somewhere. Someone has to make a decision somewhere. And so we've had teams with grievances. We've had TCU and Baylor yep. get left out of the first playoff. But it feels like something about the playoff makes us forget those grievances by the time we get to the end. Like it doesn't become this endless campaign that we're talking about all offseason of, oh, Oklahoma State got snubbed. Well, it's been interesting because the two – the two like big grievances that we can look back in, I guess, you know, it's been four years, five years. In 2014, Baylor and TCU get snubbed because the Big 12 doesn't have a conference championship. And Ohio State gets in, and as we know, Ohio State wins the national title game. And in 2017, Alabama edges out Ohio State. And Alabama didn't even win its – yeah, 2017, Alabama didn't even win its division that year. They, you know, the Tide lost to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, and Auburn goes on to lose to Georgia in the SEC title game. And Alabama's the fourth seed. Right, and they beat up on Clemson, and then they they beat Georgia. So the playoffs gotten lucky, yeah. In that twice when it's made its most controversial calls, like Ohio State, Ohio State won the Big Ten title the year Alabama got in over it. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that like a Big Ten Ohio State right. champion was left out. Which, yeah. So I, all that's to say that the the two times the committees made a ballsy move at four. They've gotten lucky that four one, or else we might have had. I mean, can you imagine, like, if we had after just one year of the playoff, if Ohio State had gotten whooped by Alabama in its semifinal, yeah, and you had Baylor and TCU. Let's say that happened in a different conference when Baylor and TCU have a little bit more clout. Let's say that it happened to Ohio State and Penn State. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have had winds of change way earlier. Yeah, the playoff just got lucky that one, its number four seed ran the table, and B that the people who were hurt were very small market Baylor and TCU to, you know, private schools in a conference that is seen as inferior in a conference that had was lacking a 13th data point of a conference championship game. So if LSU and Alabama both get in, I think everybody's going to be excited to see that game again. That's an interesting point. That's a really interesting point. Like who's going to be mad outside of the conferences at large like if LSU loses on Saturday and LSU still manages to make the playoff, yeah, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah, who doesn't want to like sign me up for another 60 minutes of watching that football? Yeah, like Alabama too. Although I would think the Tide would be less deserving. Right. Yeah. So I I question. I, I think we're probably headed down the road to an 18 playoff anyway. So I I don't know. Or if six. This is, yeah. Or six are expanded in some capacity, but. So I don't know if this is going to end up really kind of breaking it the way 2011 broke the BCS. Do you think? I th- I think, yes, I think it could. I, despite the fact that we sit here and say Alabama and LSU are fun football teams to watch. They're both in the same division. Yeah. There are five power five conferences. Yeah. We already know one of them is going to get left out because that's math. Right. Because there's four playoff spots. Last year, two conferences got left out because of Notre Dame. This year, it looks like two are going to get left out too, if you know, if Alabama and LSU both make it in. Right. No, three would get left out. If if Alabama and LSU both make it in, there's room for the Big Ten and the ACC just in this theory, and the Big Twelve and Pac twelve get left out. So you'd have two straight years in which two conferences were left out. I think that's enough. Yeah, I think that's enough, Connor. Like especially given the fact that if you're if you're 
in the Big 12 or you're in the Pac-12 or you're in the ACC if Clemson's doomsday scenario arrives, you could point to Alabama and LSU this Saturday as a playoff semifinal. Say, hey, you want to make the playoff? Like, you do it here. I don't know if that's fair or not because, you know, this is a tougher slate in the SEC than those other teams will fair, you know, face. But I think absolutely there is – I think there's enough momentum already before this scenario even got concocted right. that their playoff needs to be expanded. I absolutely think if you get two teams from the same division in the, in the playoff, I, know, I don't know if – I think that has to say something's broken. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll get the rest of the news from around the college football world. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. Now let's dive into some other headlines from around the sport. Nick Saban said Wednesday that Tuatunga Bailoa is still on track to be a game-time decision for Saturday's game against LSU. Tungabailoa had surgery on October 20th to repair an ankle injury suffered the day before in Alabama's win over Tennessee. Steve Wiltfong reports that Auburn quarterback Joey Gatewood is visiting Kentucky this weekend as the redshirt freshman considers his transfer options. The visit comes even as Wildcats head coach Mark Stoops has been linked to the head coaching vacancy at Florida State. And finally today, Brendan Sinone of Knowles 24-7 and the On the Bench podcast reports that FSU Athletics Director David Coburn said Wednesday the Seminoles are on pace to hire a new head coach by the end of the month. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show. If you need a suggestion for a thing you could do to help spread the word about the show, leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts would be great. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tani Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.